Hi, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Mother Daughter Book Talk. I'm Alexis. And I'm Christine. And today we will be discussing Cinder's Adventure, Get Me to the Wedding by Marissa Meyer. Before we get into the non-spoiler summary, I would like to announce that for this episode, we had the extraordinary opportunity to interview the Marissa Meyer. So be sure to listen to the end of the episode to hear what she had to say. Okay, since we're so excited to hear her, let's go ahead and move on to the non-spoiler summary. Taking place about a year after Kai proposed at Scarlet and Wolf's wedding in the Stars Above short, Something Old, Something New, Sinner's Adventure, Get Me to the Wedding is a choose-your-own-adventure story with some amazing twists and turns and one goal, get Cinder back in time for her wedding. Okay, now we are going to start discussing the book, which contains elements from every full-length Marissa Meyer book that has been published to date. So if you haven't read them all yet, press pause, read the books, and come back when you're done. This is your official spoiler warning. Okay, so before we begin, I just wanted to emphasize once again that if you didn't listen to our spoiler warning, you need to go back and read the book and come back when you're done. Because there are so many details in this book, we just couldn't cover them all within the time that we have today. So we're going to be going over the endings of each of the paths that we have exactly and really because the way that this choose your own adventure book is laid out like it you can go in multiple chapters through various paths so you really if we were going to go over every single option in this book it would be like a three hour long episode it so just, it really feels like a love letter to all of marissa meyer's books it's just it's so perfectly describes each of the characters and situations and i love it so much exactly and she just intertwines all of the characters so perfectly mm-hmm. it's just really an amazing experience mm-hmm. and for me personally you know as somebody who's older like the choose your own adventure books from my youth, this was really a throwback too for me because it was like, oh my gosh, I, these were like my favorite things to read. And I'd look forward to getting a new one from like the scholastic book fairs mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So really, you know, this, and then you toss in all of the characters from Marissa Meyer's yeah. full length books. And it was like perfect. It was mm-hmm. perfection. And it really is an amazing experience. It really and one, is. like you can like I said, you can weave back and forth between all of the different paths. So it's it's really awesome. I love it. I really do. Absolutely. So we again to do full disclosure here, kind of swapped roles this week. So I have no notes. Alexis has notes this Which, week. Which to be fair, I did that for Gilded. Yes, and we all know, like, your detailing in the notes, you had notes up the wazoo. <laughs> okay, but yeah, with usually how it is the notes, I don't have time to take notes, otherwise I won't be able to finish the books. I need to use the audiobooks and listen while I'm, like, driving or doing extra work, because, as I said, no shade to you, because you do have work full-time, mm-hmm. which is a 9-to-5 job. My issue is, I also have school all day, and then I come home, and I have homework till... All hours of the night. Mm-hmm. Again, no shade to you because you put in a lot of effort and you work really hard. But I'm also like, 
And I have house responsibilities and child responsibilities, children responsibilities. I understand that. I'm just saying, like, with the amount, because it's crazy this year. I'm in four APs. I'm in. Yeah. All that stuff. And so, so yeah. to say. We're yeah. both busy, but also I just, I wouldn't have time to focus and get everything done. Absolutely. So. This is a change from how it usually is. Exactly. So. And I also wanted to say that we're going to be following um, a map made by, I want to press correctly, it's, I want to say Sorkaran on DeviantArt. And this person mapped out all the endings where you can go back and forward all the paths. And it was just so detailed and so perfect. And otherwise, I would not be able to find all the endings. It would have taken us It would have taken me years. Yeah. Yeah. So So, thank you to them. And I'm going to link it in the description of the episode as well as on our Instagram. Right. And so what we're going to do is we're going to follow as we're discussing the various endings we're gonna follow that map from like top top to bottom bottom, pretty much just on the ending episode and so so some endings are like a little bit more simple than others and then others will go into a little bit more detail right so for the first ending we want to get to it's ending from chapter 53 and it's after cinder was having her adventure in the arrow king's castle and her ring was stolen by guild and all that jazz and so cinder ends up joining the arrow king's wild hunt to finally be free from all of her responsibilities and is never heard from again which wow that's a way to start the episode (laughs) absolutely and i will full disclosure right here say this is my one of my favorite uh endings and if not the favorite ending why um, just because, um, as I've mentioned before, I've got four kids, I've got a husband, I've got four dogs. So, you know, there's a lot of responsibility and stuff. And there's always that, you know, that thought of it'd be nice to just forget all of my responsibilities and worries and just ride away into the sunset and have all of that freed from, you know, my mind. And Wow. So you'd leave us and never see us again? I see how it is. Well, no, I'm well, not no, saying... I, I get it. I understand. I see how I it is. I would not do that in actuality, but in, you know, an escapism kind of thought, yeah, that's... I just see, I see sometimes, how it is. Okay, whatever. Rude. But yeah, so that's one of my favorite, you know, thoughts of in chapters, because... Yeah, I see how it is. One of these days. Okay, so next we have chapter 46... Where Cinder interrupts the like climactic fight with Peter Peter from and the Jabberwack. Jabberwock. Jabberwock yes. What did I just say? Jabberwack. Yes. From the ending of Heartless, which that's a whole big ordeal we just reviewed. Yes. And Cinder interrupts this fight, and both Calf and Jess die. While Cinder and Hatta are fed to the Jabberwock and once again, never heard from again. So what a great way to start the episode again. Yes. Cinder does not get back to her wedding. She dies. For the first two endings. We don't know if she died in the first ending. No, she's just never heard from again. This is the first official death. Yes. Emphasis on first. Yes. But, okay. My thought on Kath dying along with Jest. Um, I feel like that's honestly better than what happened. Not better as an ending, but better for her. Well, better for her, yes, but... Like, I feel like it's a happier ending. It is a happier ending. Which is really weird to say, like, oh, yeah, she died, that's happier. Yeah, but... My question is, what happened to Marianne? Did she die, too? I'd assume so. But she wasn't mentioned. She wasn't. Maybe she escaped. Who knows? But my thought is... Well, no, she probably got fed after 
they all died. Mm-hmm. Because the Jabberwock's still there. Yeah. And Peter Peter's still there. Mm-hmm. So she was just next in line. I also like how Cinder mentions Peter Peter, like, from the nursery rhyme. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I I think, I mean, it's good for her, Kath. Mm-hmm. But then we don't get the Queen of Hearts. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for Heartless, but it is a, it's a happier ending than what, we, what yeah. we got. Agreed. Okay. So next we have chapter 27, which this one needs a little bit of context. So it can come from chapter 43, which is where Cinder kills a Jabberwock, Peter, Peter kills Jest, and then kills, like, cuts off her head. Or chapter 44, where Cinder throws a pumpkin at Peter, which saves Jest, but then she gets her head cut off again. So those both end with Cinder dying. And then they lead to chapter 27, where it turns out everything that happened is just a story that Cyrilda was telling the children from Gilded. And it ends with, like, Gerdrude asking, what in the name of Wardeth is a cyborg? Yeah. Which I think is a little cute ending, and Absolutely. honestly, that's a good question for the time, because yeah, there wasn't really technology like there that. There wasn't technology, so, I, you know, that's a cute ending. Mm-hmm. And while I don't like our girl Cinder getting, dying, yeah, her head chopped off. With or, all the wires. and Yeah. You know, it is acute and surprising. So here she, again, did not get back for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's interesting. Yeah. So after that, we have chapter 30, where Guild steals Cinder's ring. And Cinder has to go through the looking glass, where she finds herself back in her quarters in New Beijing Palace, finding that no time had passed, and Aiko was there to get her ready for her wedding, which happens in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And, the, however, her ring was still missing, and Aiko started to sprout white rabbit ears from her head. And she winked and said, we have to hurry, you don't want to be late. So that was clearly a reference to the white rabbit, mm-hmm. and... um. I don't really, like, I don't know, the ending's kind of like a neutral, like, not happy, not sad, it's kind of like the middle. Yeah. Because, like, she lost her wedding ring. Yeah. Whoops, sorry, Whoops, guy. Whoops, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Five minutes before the wedding, it's gone. Yep. But I still love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one's okay. It's that's just, okay, episode. Yeah. It? It's not the best, not the worst. Yeah. Okay, so then we have chapter 26. Which comes right after chapter 25, where Cinder steps through the door onto Luna in the middle of Kai's wedding. Except he's happily getting married to Queen Lavana. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> Which, when I read Lavana's name, I was like, oh, oh shit! No. yeah. <laughs> it was, what? what? Yeah. Okay. And then she's woken up screaming by Kai. Who reassures her that it was all just a bad dream. Her wedding ring is still there. They were already married. And that maybe they should just sneak down into the kitchens for some late night stress eating. And that was a really sweet. I really liked that I ending. I like that one too. <laughs> that I really such a do. cute ending. Yeah. Because that would be a nightmare. Like that would be like. There's got to be some trauma. You know. I mean so, obviously. Yeah. So I really like that. And that's I mean, stress eating. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, technically he did marry her aunt. Awkward. He was her uncle for a little while. Awkward. I promise you, Thorne will never let that, like, those five <laughs> minutes go. 
too funny. Someone will be like, did you wish your niece a happy Valentine's Day? Ew. I know. Yeah. Gross. Thorn will never let that go, though. No. We know it. We all know it. Yes. Yes. Because Thorn is that way. Thorn sure. is that kind of person. Absolutely. Okay. So then, after that, we have chapter 26, which comes right after chapter... Oh, wait. No, you did that one. I so just 20... did that one. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, y'all. I... After that, we have chapter 21, which is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Not er, episodes, chapters. Endings. endings. I, I'm tired. Yeah, it's okay. It's been a week, man. It's been a week, for sure. So, basically, Cinder's chasing after Magpie, who had her ring. Right. And there's, like, this explosion, and Cinder hits her head, and she gets amnesia and ends up joining the renegades, which I think is awesome. And there's a lot of really cute Nova and Adrian moments in that chapter. Right. Because, like... Nova, like, nudges Adrian, and they're like, of course the civilians have to be treated first, and, like, it's just, I love seeing them after the renegades, because, like, and we're still waiting for a fourth renegades book. Absolutely. So this gives you a little taste of life after. Like, honestly, I think the renegades chapters were my favorite chapters. Yeah. There was a lot of chapters with, like, you had a lot of heartless chapters, you had... A few strange, I want to say, like, Scarlet Heartless chapters, where Scarlet was, like, the Queen of Hearts, and, like... Yeah. Those were strange, but also, those were, like, towards, like, the very beginning of the book. Right. But not really endings. Then you had a lot of Gilded chapters, but those were, like, middle... There weren't many endings with those. hmm And then you had, um... I want to say, like, two or three Instant Karma chapters. Right. Which weren't really instant karma. They were, like, Dungeons and Dragons chapters. Right. And then you had, like, I want to say one or two Renegades chapters. Right. So, like, not a ton. And we, we didn't actually count these out, so yeah, I'm our just, estimations I'm could be way off, but... But, yeah, so honestly, the Renegades chapters are, like, a very special treat to me, which is why that ending is probably one of my favorites. Yes, and you get to see your, your boy, Adrian. Adrian Everhart. Yeah. I thought we could have seen Ruby and Oscar, too. Yeah. But you know who my real boy is? Well, I got two. Carswell Thorne. And Caitlin Treadwell. Rest in peace. Maybe he could be in the next Truth Run adventure. I'm just... Okay, that would be really cool. Caleb, get me through the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's all... The, the dead characters. <gasps> oh my god, wait, that would be so cool! Right? <laughs> all the dead... And then just there yeah and so they go through they go oh my god marissa meyer you should do this yes just a book of all like a choose your own adventure with all of her dead characters yes i would love it peony yes oh my god that book would make me cry but also make me so happy right awesome okay so yeah Choose your own adventure. Caleb's adventure, get me to the afterlife because if you're from Caleb's perspective because he sees everything with such a sense of wonder yes okay do that. Thank you. <laughs> we are putting in a request now. Yeah, now. Okay. So chapter next up, we have nine. chapter nine, which is after a D&D game with the characters of Instant Karma, Cinder gets to pick up a magical gem, which I think the choice was like to grab the gem and run. Mm-hmm. She was stealing it. And it kind of like leaves like a burst of energy, like explosion. Mm-hmm. And she wakes up in the middle of her wedding, seeming to have dazed off for just like a second. 
And then she ends up being happily married to Kai, and the wedding reached all the way, or the celebrations reached all the way to the moon. Yes, which this is probably my other favorite ending, just it's a because really cute one. it's really cute, and she gets to experience the wedding and whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, I really like this one and a lot too. Coming off of the other choice of that one, you have forty nine. Which is, I think you should choose to, like, roll for initiative or something. Mm -hmm. And it was Prudence who was rolling, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't remember remember for certain. No, I just reread it. But turns out that Cinder was just an NPC that Jude made for his D&D campaign for the group. And the cyborg went berserk and slaughtered all their characters. So that was the end for their game. And they were just like chit-chat and Ari was there Clint was there Jude was there and Prudence was there and they all just having fun yeah it was a cute ending okay chapter eight honestly is like my one of my favorites I got three favorites now okay and or no chapter eight is probably my favorite now that I think about it because it it's got two context chapters chapter 38 Cinder manages to turn the Jabberwock Jabberwock why do I keep saying Jabberwock the Jabberwock back into a person who is very mad at her husband for trapping her in a pumpkin and trying to feed her to people. Or feed people to her. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And then Kath, Jest, Hatta, Raven, and Mary Ann all survive. And Cress and Thorn show up out of nowhere in the Rampion to save the day and like give them a ride home. And in chapter 40, they all go back to Earth. Where Kath and Marianne open their bakery, Hatta continues to run his hat shop, and they all live happily ever after. And then in chapter 8, which is the actually ending, um, it just seems to be a story that Cinder and Kai are telling their children, Peony and Rykan. But they did say that they have an aunt, Kath, and Uncle Jez who are too busy running their bakery to visit. And they said that one of these days we're going to take them to visit them. Yeah, I really That was a really cute chapter. Also, I adore that they named their children Peony and Rykan. Exactly. Like, that that made me so happy and, like, about to cry. Of course, yeah. (sighs) So that's the, like, happily ever after That's the good ending. That's a really good ending. Absolutely. It also, like, saves Jest. Yes. I love that ending so much. Yes, we love Jess. Everybody loves Jess. And if you don't love Jess, then you have no soul. Honestly, though, honestly. For real. For realsies. Yes. For absolutely. shizzle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> You're such a dork. I'm aware, but you raised me that way. I did. It's all my it's fault. It's your fault. It's totally my fault. It's your fault. Absolutely. 100% my fault. Okay. And so this is our final ending. And again, this is a bonus episode. It's going to be a little bit shorter than it usually is. Yes. But. Our final ending is in chapter 5, where Scarlet, the Queen of Hearts, orders Wolf to cut off Cinder's head, but Cinder ends up waking up back in her little mechanic booth in the market of New Beijing, finding out that all of this and the entire Lunar Chronicle series was a dream. Bum, bum, bum. No. <laughs> that ending... Was the first ending I got. And I was not okay. But it's not that it was all a dream per se. Because it leads back to him coming into but her so booth. It, so but it's wait, there's like, no, 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 because there's no guarantee that that was Kai. It was a guy that had an android in a sweatshirt. So it seems like it was Kai. But also, there was no guarantee that it was Kai. It was a stranger. And she had told, just had her whole dream about Kai. So she would have recognized that like thing. 
Maybe, maybe not. So you can interpret it. But that ending, I was like, no! Because honestly, I read, I don't remember where I read it, but it was like, could you imagine if at the end of like, not end, but like the very like beginning of the end of winter, after Cinder was stabbed by Levana, Kai, wake, when Cinder wakes up, Kai is there and he's like, Cinder, we had your DNA tested and uh, you're not the lost princess, Celine. It was just crazy old man who thought you were. And I was like, if that ended up being the actual ending, one, it would have been fucking amazing. But it also would have made me throw the book across the room. Yeah. That's what happened just now. Really? Yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. So now we've covered all the endings. We have sort of sprinkled in favorite and least favorite, but officially favorite, least favorite. (sighs) Well, obviously, like we discussed, chapter eight is really the most feel-good kind of ending there Mm -hmm. is. So, of course, that's one of my favorites. Like I said, then my other favorite is chapter 53, The Wild Hunt, just for... Like, you know, when you're having a bad day, that's kind of the ending you go to. It's like, hell yeah, right off, don't have any worries or concerns. I'm on the hunt. Mm-hmm. You I know? see how it is, mother. Yeah. For least favorite, I would say... I don't know. I I mean, I don't like the whole dream ending just because... You know, if it's all, like, not ever happening, that would make me sad. But mm-hmm. I personally hold out hope that it would mean that you're bringing, you're starting up at the beginning of Cinder But again. the question is, if she had the dream about this, then I feel like there would have been a lot of different choices she would have tried to make to save, like, to save Peony, to save... Maybe, maybe not. Well, yeah, because if she knew everything that would happen beforehand, she would have... But maybe she... So, therefore, it would have been, like, the butterfly. But maybe she didn't. Maybe she only dreamed about getting married to Prince Kai. Like, maybe she didn't have all the memories of the other books. And well, that's no, because where the this is where began. that... Well, okay, but that's a different interpretation, because this leads up after all that stuff had happened. And then, like, because it mentioned in the... It was all dream part. Like, she dreamed that she was lunar. She dreamed that da 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. Well. I don't know. So that'd probably be my least favorite then. Just because. Stop stealing my least favorite and favorite. I shouldn't steal your least favorite and favorite. I can have my own opinions, damn it. (laughs) You stole mine. Because you asked. No, no, no. Because you asked beforehand. You were like, oh, what are you going to say for your favorite and least favorite? I was like, okay, well then I'll say my other least favorite probably would be where Cinder gets her head chopped off. So the two. But it was all story that was told by Cirilla. Yeah, well, I did like that. So she too. didn't get so, her yeah, head chopped off. Yeah. Okay, well, that's still my least favorite then. I thought your dad would be. If you actually were going to be upset that Cinder died, I would be the fight where Kath and Jess die and Cinder and Hatta killed to fed to the Jabberwock. Yeah, that's what I was saying, and you said I was No, wrong. because you said her head chopped off. That's a different well, ending. Well, yeah, no, I was confusing them. You're right. So, no, where they get fed to the Jabberwock. Okay, there you go. So, my and, favorite yes. is 
I got two, as Mom said. Chapter 8, where Thorn and Crest save everyone. They all go and live happily ever after. Yes, which I really like that episode. Or... Or ending to... I, see, you got me <laughs> saying episode now. Tango Lux! <laughs> Love you, Mommy. Yeah. Or when she joins the Renegades. Because, again, I said the Renegades moments are just very special to me. Because, honestly, I feel, I feel like the Renegades are, like, my favorite books by Marissa Meyer. Because <gasps> I love the Renegades world so much. <gasps> what are your favorite books, then? I don't know all of them. Okay, fair enough. All of them is a good choice, too. Yes. I go for all of them, too, then. There you go. Okay. See? Okay. You're welcome. Thank You're you. You're stealing from me now. No. I have my own opinion, <laughs> damn it. No, but the, I have to say, you know, we've gone over all of the endings and really what's nice about this book, like I've already said, is just that you can kind of pick and choose based on, you know, your mood and that kind of stuff. And it's it's one of those things like it it, it just fully intertwines and mm-hmm. really it's it's one of those where you kind of feel good throughout the process it's fun and i exciting. was smiling to myself the entire time reading this. yeah it was the first book i read read like in a long time that was an audiobook and it was great yeah so for me you know if you've got an afternoon and it, you know like i said it puts the the choose your own adventure to me it's fun because you're kind of choosing the path that you think the book should take. Mm-hmm. So it gives that kind of power into the reader's hands versus just following along to where the author wants. But of to course, Marissa with. Myers' stories are all amazing, and yeah. I love the power in her hands. Absolutely. So but she's she managed to us... make such a gift that's like absolutely every ending is the Marissa Meyer perfection, but you feel like you get to choose. Exactly. So, you know, really, I love this. I love this whole book. I love all of the endings. I love the I'm just going to say my least favorite ending because you interrupted me. Oh, yeah. What was your least favorite? I'm sorry. It was all a dream. Yeah. Okay. okay. How many stars? Five stars. Okay. I gave it four. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Mother. But it would truly be a four and a half. So, really, I guess I should be rounding that up. But in all actuality, it would be a four and a half. Okay. So now we're going to move on to the other segment of the episode. So we'll see you guys after. Okay. We are so excited to move on to a very special segment of this episode. We are delighted to be joined today by one of our favorite authors of all time. If you're a frequent listener, you know very well who she is and how much we love her books. She's a New York Times bestselling author of The Lunar Chronicles, The Renegade Trilogy, Heartless, Instant Karma, and Gilded, which has a sequel, Cursed, due to be released this November. She is also the host of the Happy Writer podcast. Without further ado, welcome Marissa Meyer, and thank you so much for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here. We are honored to have you. Yes. We, I mean, to be quite honest, Alexis introduced me to your books. So, um, gosh, it was how many It was ago? when I was in eighth grade. Yes. No, seventh grade. Okay. I had a school project and I got to choose the book and I chose Cinder and it was the first book I read and I finished it in two days. And then I just went on to the rest of the books and 
never stopped. No. And it was mom, you have to read this. You have to read this. And (laughs) really to be quite honest, your books might've been the start of our path down to creating our podcast because we realized we loved sharing books and Mm -hmm. talking them through. And, and that's why we started our podcast. So thank you. Yes. Oh, that's so great to hear. I'm so happy about that. Mom, were you already a young adult reader? Um, yes, I, um, gosh, uh, for Alexis's older sister, she was not a fan of reading. So I started reading a lot of young adult books to try to encourage her to read and, uh, you know, found the hunger games and, um, divergent and that sort of thing to get her reading. And I'm like, Christina, you have to read this. And Alexis has always been a reader. So it was one of those things where we've always loved sharing books. So it was easier, but yes, I, I, would read young adult, but I hadn't gotten to Cinder yet. And so she got to it first and Mm -hmm. was like, mom, you have to read this one. (laughs) Well, I love that. And I love that the books kind of played a part in your journey and the creation of this podcast. Um, And I, I love it when people, you know, will send me emails or come to book signings and you who do these um, parent child read alongs. I have two little girls myself, they're seven, and I cannot wait until they are in my readership and my wheelhouse. And I'll get to like, have so many books to recommend to them. And I can't wait till we're, we're reading the same material. So I'm really happy to hear that. Absolutely. And I've learned that these books don't just bring together me and my mom, but I've also made a lot of friends through these books. I've recommended the books to friends who don't like to read and they become obsessed with them and they (laughs) are getting them obsessed with books and reading. So these books just honestly have created quite a few friendships for me. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so happy. Thank you. (laughs) So mother, do you think we should jump into some of the questions? Absolutely. Well, first off, we're counting the days until curse comes out yeah like we are chomping at the bit to read this book so we're we're so excited and so with cursed I remember attending your gilded event last year and you read us the original Rumpelstiltskin's Rumpelstiltskin myth yeah and you mentioned the ladle (laughs) will we see the ladle in cursed there is a ladle. There is a ladle. There is a ladle. Yes. That's all I've been asking my mother since I read the book. I wonder if there's going to be a ladle. I wonder. I'm like, I have Yeah. No and it was, I will say it was a challenge. Um, so for, for people listening who are like, what are you talking about? Um, in the, some of the old, old versions of Rumpelstiltskin, um, I don't even know if it was one that the Grimm brothers ended up publishing. I think it was, um, just like a draft of theirs that they didn't end up publishing. But uh, the rather than Rumpelstiltskin like getting really angry and like stomping through the earth, which is what he does in the version that most of us know, uh, there was a version where he got really angry and then whipped out this humongous kitchen ladle and got on it like a witch on a broomstick and like flew out through the window and was never heard from again. And I just think that is so hysterical. I love that image. Um, And so I was committed to finding some use for a ladle in Cursed. Um, And I did. It's not like a huge part of the story. It's a pretty small detail. Um, But I, I 
I'm pretty tickled pink about the ladle, honestly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of us will appreciate it. I think we all fell in love with it when we heard it. Absolutely. I hope, I hope you'll enjoy the reference. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll be highlighted in our copy of the book. There's well, I want to be because I don't write in books. Well, in my copy. We end up usually buying multiple versions of books because we're very impatient um, for the other person to finish reading so we'll end up with multiple copies and have disagreeing opinions on what's the best way to annotate books yes. I don't write in them because my books are my babies yes and I will highlight so yeah yeah I think it's funny I love it sometimes people will come through a signing line and they'll have you know, things, passages underlined and highlighted and pages flagged and like the spine is broken and falling apart. And I love it when someone has a book that looks like that, because you can just as an author, you can just tell like this book has been loved. And I think it's a great thing to see. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So next question is still on Gilded. When we were doing our episode on Gilded, I personally did a ton of research with all the different mythological things I saw in your book, especially like I even did research into the different moons that you mentioned, like the awakening <laughs> moon. And there was so much that just lined up so perfectly. So I wanted to ask how much research into mythology did you actually do in order to write or gilded? Oh my gosh, so much, so much. I love researching. I am fascinated by the world. I'm fascinated by history and mythology and different cultures and time periods and all of it. So I sometimes feel like I would just research and never stop if I didn't have deadlines and like was forced to at some point actually stop researching and write the book. Um, so I always start with research and this book was no different. I knew that I wanted to set the world in a fantastical version of uh, late Middle Ages slash early Renaissance Germany um, because that's kind of where our uh, Rumpelstiltskin story originated from. And so I just kind of did a deep dive into Germanic mythology, uh, which has a lot of overlap with Norse mythology, and learning about the different creatures and the different folk tales. And yeah, it was it was a ton of research, but I love that. I I would I would do nothing but research if I could. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I that made the book so much more enjoyable for me. My mom saw the pages of research yes. I had. And just every little detail was so perfect. Like with even one of the character's name had been apparently associated with having an unusually short lifespan, which I don't know if that was intentional, but if it was, that's a mean bit of foreshadowing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I actually don't know. That is, that is not intentional and must be so serendipitous. And I'm really curious who it was. It was, uh, I forgot how to pronounce his name. I used the audiobook, but it's been a while since I've used the audiobook. It was Fricks. Fricks? Oh, really? Yes. <gasps> That's so interesting. And again, I also did the names and the names all matched perfectly with their personalities. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So Fricks was not one of them, but I do spend a lot of time like looking at naming lists, um, you know, names that were popular in 16th century Germany and that sort of thing. Um, and for, for various characters, I will uh, look at meanings and try to associate names with who the character is, or like you say, something in, that's kind of meaningful in the story. Um, so, so there is, some of it was intentional, but that one was not. And I love knowing that detail. I wish I'd done it on purpose. <laughs> all just so awesome 
Yeah. So Mama's- she she is very much a, a oh, researcher no, as well. So. <laughs> yes, Kindred. <laughs> yes. Um, I think we should jump into Lunar Chronicles, and it just for me, I'm going to tie in here. Mm-hmm. I have to say, um, the book we're going to be reviewing with with your interview here is the Cinder. Um, choose your own adventure, I call it. Uh, the, the and personally, for me, mm-hmm. the ending that I loved was the one where Cinder goes on the hunt. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just, again, I'm a mom of four. Well, I didn't mention it here, but I'm a mom of four. So there is always that you know, just forgetting everything and going off on my own sometimes. And (laughs) well, I don't, I did want Cinder and Ty to end up together. There is that, you know, back of the mind thought of it'd be nice to just write off and just let all my worries go away. Yeah, no, it is. It's a legitimate thing. I think, especially for parents, of course, we love our kids. Like no one's questioning that. Yes, Alexis um, is giving me looks. It's like a weekly thing that my husband and I will look at each other and be like, life would be a lot easier without these children around all the time. Like it totally changes everything. Absolutely. And yes, I do love you, Alexis. And I'm so Uh happy to have you. But a mom of four children and four dogs, you know, it'd be nice to just. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things that I loved about, uh, again, back to research, researching the myth of the wild hunt Mm -hmm. and how, in some interpretations, it's this very like dark, evil, ominous thing that you don't want coming through your town. But there's also this hint of temptation involved with the wild hunt and, you know, how they can lure people almost like a Pied Piper-esque call to certain people. And I love that. I think that's a really interesting dynamic to play with. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And speaking of the Lunar Chronicles, real quick, I just want to say how perfectly this lined up because we are recording on Scarlett's birthday. Yes. I actually have all the characters' birthdays in my phone because I'm that kind of person. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I, the only one, um, well, I know, actually, I don't know. I believe Cinder's is December 21st. That's the solstice. Um, and that's the only reason I can remember that. Um, and then I think I gave winter, uh, January 3rd, if I remember right, because that was the day that Cinder came out, the, the, the launch in way back in 2012. But those are the only ones I can never remember. Yes, January 3rd is winter. I remember, I think it's, what is it? Because I remember my friend shares a birthday with Cress. Mm. That is, oh, I feel like a bad friend right now. I'm forgetting. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, either way, it doesn't matter. I have, he doesn't yeah, have to hear this episode. Birthdays with like emojis next to them, like representing like yeah thorn has a little rocket ship and yeah his birthday in there i realized she's the only one you gave a birthday to out of all the renegades characters so oh. like oh where's adrian's birthday cannot find it it's not in the books i don't think i've reread two <laughs> times and i haven't found a mention of it you know and that's actually i it's intentional that i stopped giving characters birthdays um because then if the story is covering months and months at some point you have to mention a birthday and it doesn't always work into the plot yeah (laughs) yeah and speaking of renegades we have to throw this out here yeah we named our dog ruby oh oh, i 
love that. We had a puppy during uh, COVID quarantine, and we decided that she we was having a lot of trouble finding a name. Actually, none of us could agree. We had this weird family rule where all of our dogs have the kind of e sounding at the end of the name, so we have Teddy, Rosie, Joey, and we couldn't find a name that worked for our dog until I was reading the Renegades, and I was like, "What about Ruby?" I didn't Aww. tell him there was a reference because he hates when names are references to something. But it was a reference. It was, it was reference. totally a reference. <laughs> we all so, oh, I love that. I love that. I know I've met or not met, but seen lots of pictures of dogs and cats named Kai. I feel like Kai has become a really popular one. Um, and then my sister-in-law actually her named her dog Cinder years ago. So that's really fun too. That's awesome. So I got some Renegades questions. First off, I have, because as I said earlier, this is how I've made a lot of friends. I went and asked them what they'd like to have answered. And nice. Taylor, who you know the, as the Renegade Anarchist, oh, yes. wanted to ask, do you think Janissa rejoins the Renegades after she got her powers back at the end of Supernova? Mm. Um... Well, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. I am hoping to eventually go back to this world and uh, write a sequel. Uh, so that's obviously a question that I'm going to have to give some serious thought to. Um, and I don't want to say something now and then have it not yeah, be different. <laughs> to, to be determined. To be determined. Great. And then this is from my friend Safi from school. And he wanted to ask, what made you decide to give everyone powers in the end instead of taking them all away? Because when you we know, were reading the books, we were discussing, we were like, it was building up to taking away everyone's powers. And so yeah. he was very interested in this. Yes. And in the original draft, that is what happened. In, in the original draft, everyone's powers got taken away. Um, and I don't remember if Max ended up having like all the crazy powers or if he also lost his powers. I don't remember what, what the resolution, but anyway, yes, that was kind of what it was building up to. Um, and why did I change it? I don't know. I think it felt too pessimistic. I wanted a more optimistic ending. Um, and I think that kind of having this idea that I knew I would come back to it eventually, um, I was really intrigued at the idea of a world in which everybody has superpowers um mm -hmm. and suddenly having superpowers does not set you apart does not make you special um and so if slash when I go back into the world and that's kind of the jumping off point uh I'm I have a lot of really fun ideas for what I hope to do with that okay I have two more renegades questions I really want to mm -hmm. ask one is something that I've been really interested in and thinking about is did the other anarchists know ace anarchy killed nova's family because we know phobia was involved but i feel like from what leroy's character has been he seemed to really care about nova i don't know if he would be entirely okay finding out that you know ace killed her family yeah yeah they knew they all knew they all knew okay they all knew um which i you are i believe that he did care for Nova. Um, mm -hmm. I actually think that they all kind of, I mean, Winston and, and even mm -hmm. Ingrid, I think that they all cared for her in their own way mm -hmm. um, with maybe the exception of phobia. Yeah. Um, but, and yet they had a really strong loyalty to Ace and they also didn't disagree with what he had done. Um, so yeah. 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 <laughs> and then this final one is just a personal question. 
What made you decide to kill Caleb Treadwell? He was my favorite character. Oh my gosh, I loved him. Um, I don't know if you know this, but he his character is actually created through a fan contest. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a contest where people and asked people to create a superhero, and then I would include that superhero in the book. Um, and the winner, the what created Callum, and I thought that he was going to have a really small, small bit part. And then it ended up being much bigger. Um, and I loved him, but at some point I realized that because of the powers that he has, he's going to win, he's going to win this battle and all will be put to right. And the world is going to be fine. And boom, the book is over and the book couldn't end there. And so he couldn't had to go. He had to go, which is like the most tragic thing. I do think that Callum's death is one of the most tragic things I think I've ever written. That actually was another question I had. So yeah. Yeah. Um, So now I want to move into some more fun questions about your books. Um, Which of your characters do you think would be friends with each other? Um, As in like from overlapping series? Yeah, overlapping universes. Oh gosh. Um... All of them, clearly. <laughs> they're all such cool people. Yeah, no, they're I, awesome. I don't know. I think um, that's a really good question. I I can see Nova and Scarlet getting on really good. Um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to. I'd have to maybe give it some more thought. <laughs> Who do you think would get on really good? I mean, I feel like Thorn and Oscar and Quint would yeah. be really good like trio yeah oh, they'd be like the party party they would be they would be very fun I also feel like Ruby and Eco would be very yeah. good friends for sure I can see that too mm-hmm. yeah okay another fun question if you could live in any of the worlds you've created which would you pick mm. uh the Lunar Chronicles the world of well I mean probably instant karma because it's a cute little coastal town and like nobody dies there (laughs) (laughs) but uh, that's also like earth so of the the more fantasy like actual worlds that I've had to create um I would say Lunar Chronicles because with the exception of all the drama with the Lunars it's actually a very kind of idyllic almost utopian-esque world like here we have an earth in which the countries have actually figured out how to have world peace and there have been no wars for over a century and we've got advanced technology that has solved a lot of our problems and we share our resources and like all of these things that I it was very um kind of wish fulfillment for me to write a world that is largely the future that I hope humanity might reach at some point yeah and speaking of the Lunars, this is just a personal question I've had since reading Cinder is because the Lunar or the Lunars could uh, manipulate bioelectricity and people's perceptions, could they make themselves be perceived as invisible? Um, that is a really good question. I'm going to say no, um, just because that would have really messed with the plot. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but again her mind goes there so yeah yeah no I I think it's a really smart question yes 
Okay, so this is a question my mom had. So do you want to ask it? Which one? What's your favorite, the favorite book? Oh yeah, which, uh, do you have a favorite book that you've written? Oh, that I've written? Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really, I love all of my books. I feel always really proud and accomplished when I finish one. Um, I think... Like for me, I personally think that my best work is probably Heartless, um, which is my standalone prequel to Alice in Wonderland. And I say that because when I was writing Heartless, I was really trying very hard to pay homage to Alice in Wonderland and Lewis Carroll. And so I did uh, a lot you know what I'm saying? So it really, it took a lot of effort for me to like work in wordplay and, you know, fun descriptions and kind of play with the nonsense of the world and the, the whimsy of the world. And it forced me just to think about my writing and my voice and my style in like a very different way. Uh, and it was a huge challenge, but I was so happy with how it turned out. I was really proud of that book. Yeah. And what was it like seeing your book adapted into a musical? Oh my gosh. Such a highlight. That was one of like the best moments of my whole career. (laughs) We loved watching it. Yeah. We we were at home having a watch party together. Our dogs were there and they were like (laughs) staring at the TV, which doesn't. That is so funny. Yes. I, those, those teens are absolutely amazing. And I haven't heard from them in a little while now, so I'm not sure what's happening, but I know that they had hoped and planned to um, maybe take it to different cities and continue to perform it. And I really, really hope that they're able to do it because it's it was such, such a fun show and I loved it. I'm, I'm a huge fan of theirs. Yeah, absolutely. We, we yeah, loved it. We, are yes. too. we thought it was great. <laughs> and we were both like, how is this like teenagers doing this? Right? No, truly. And it's not, I mean, they wrote the script, they wrote the songs, the music, the lyrics, you know, did all the choreography, the, the, all the scenery, the backdrop, the lighting, the sound system, everything 100% teen run. And when you know just how much work went into it and just for fun, I mean, no, they they didn't get paid. It was really just a passion project. And I, I am just absolutely blown away by them. Yeah, it was incredible. It made me ugly cry, which the book also made me ugly cry, by the way, just Oh, you know. of your books have made her ugly cry. I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry yeah. about that. Yes. <laughs> well, no, because that's our rule. Our rule is if a book makes you cry, it's immediately a five star because it takes a lot of skill mm. to get you to be that immersed in the world and, and emotionally vested exactly. into a story. So um, it was a really good thing that your so many of your books have made me cry. Oh, thank you. I guess I think. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's a good thing. I actually look like I will Google books that'll make you cry. Yes. <laughs> so, is there anything that you want to mention to our uh, listeners um, before yeah. we wrap up here, or anything you want to say or ask? No, I don't think so. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. So, our last question is one that we've heard asked a lot, and it's from your podcast because. We listened to that too. And what is, what are you reading right now? Yes. Um, I am currently reading the second. Oh gosh, what is the the title? So it's the Jennifer Lynn Barnes, her amazing series. The first one, uh, got you. Darn you! <laughs> I'm 
so bad with titles. The Hawthorne Legacy. I think it's called The Hawthorne Legacy. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third one, The Final Gambit, is coming out here really soon. And they're such fun books. And I'm really excited because she's going to be on my podcast. So we get to talk to her. And it's one of those series that is so complex with all of the different puzzles, puzzles and riddles and clues and like layer upon layer of story and history. And I just can't wait to talk to her and figure out how her brain works. <laughs> well, we can't wait to hear the podcast and mm -hmm. we'll have to definitely check out those books. And um, we just want to say uh, thank you for joining us. It's been honestly a dream come true. We were saying right when we started the podcast, imagine if we got to episode 50 or 100 and like Marissa Meyer came on the podcast. That would be a dream come true. So I sent out this email, like it's going to be months maybe. I don't know, but just get this out here to surprise my mom because she didn't actually know about this at first. It was just a surprise. Yes. I didn't expect a response so quickly. And it was just, I was so immensely happy. And I came downstairs yes. like cheering to my mother. And I was talking to a few of my close friends who, as I said, love your book. And we were all freaking out together. So excited coming up with, we have two pages of questions yes. <laughs> because we were all so excited and ready to like prepare as much as possible. So just thank you. It's, a, it's you know, unbelievable how, how great of an opportunity this was to speak with you today. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you again so much for taking the time to speak with us mm -hmm. and you know, we love your books. We love your podcast. We, we just love you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. And like you and your writing is what inspired me to start writing and eventually publish my book at the age of 14. Yes. Oh, so honestly, that's amazing. That's because yeah. of you and I was so inspired by you. And honestly, it's just, it's amazing to finally like actually speak to you. Yes. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. No, that really means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Thank All right. you guys so much for listening and we'll get into our normal outro. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and a huge thank you to Marissa Meyer for joining us today. You can find her on Instagram at Marissa Meyer author on Twitter, Marissa underscore Meyer. Her website, www.marissameyer.com, which has links to all of her socials, her podcast, The Happy Writer Podcast, and on Instagram, at Happy Writer Podcast. You can find us at our email, momdaughterbooktalk at gmail.com, on Instagram, at motherdaughterbooktalk, where you can leave suggestions for future episodes and potentially be chosen to be featured on one of our episodes. You can listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to support this podcast and our future episodes, you can become a supporter through the link in our Instagram bio. Thank you so much for listening. And again, thank you, Marissa Meyer. Yes, thank and you. And we hope you join us next time. Bye! Bye.